1: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here, as always, and we're doing things a little bit differently on this edition of the Holtcast. I'm not joined by Danny, Tom, Simon, or Seb. We've decided to do a little bit of a scouting report on an incoming... Aston Villa transfer, of course, that being Jahan Duran. I probably butchered that, but nonetheless, hopefully I did any Colombian proud of at least attempting it. But this time we're actually joined by a Chicago Fire fan because, of course, that is where Duran actually came from. 14.75 million pound reported fee with roughly 3 million pounds added on in terms of performance. Um, objectives that he could hit that, of course, Chicago Fire would then receive as a result. I believe that's correct, at least. That's what uh, Matt Mayer of the Star has reported. That's what I'm reading. So I will trust that Matt has his affairs in order in terms of his facts. But of course, as I mentioned, we don't have any of the usual crew on with me. We do have a Chicago Fire fan on and a managing editor who runs the Hot Time in Old Town website, which is a neighboring um, website to 7,500, Holt, part of SB Nation, and that being managing editor Ruben Tisch. So without further ado, Ruben. How's it
2: going? Good. Thank you for having me. It's it's funny. Uh, the podcast that I host for my website is called The Hotcast. And it was The hot Cast way back when in, in 2013 during the first iteration. So you, I feel like you stole my name. We're going to have to go to Kangaroo Court for that.
1: Well, uh, to be fair, though, and I I will put my hands up. The podcast was around way before me. So. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair.
2: That's fair. It's a legacy name, I guess. (laughs) Uh, And also, that sounds right. If you, I think, if you convert it to real money, because we're getting eighteen and four, yes, here in U.S. dollars. So I think that number is about right in pounds, um, give or take the daily exchange rate. So I, I think your boys got the numbers correct.
1: Yeah. Well, there we go. It's always good to have some kind of confirmation on that. But of course, like I said, we're going to chat all things, uh, Duran, for the remainder of this podcast. So we'll make it a quick one around 20 minutes or so just to kind of get um, a Chicago Fire aspect of it, because of course, that's where he is coming from. He's had quite the introduction um, to life in the MLS. I think I was reading from um uh, well-renowned Villa count AVFC Stato saying, I think his XG for all of last season across his eight goals was something exactly like 8.0, which I've never seen and he's never seen. Um, but I-, I guess really kind of an initial point of view from the opposition side, I guess you could say, is how big of a loss is this for Chicago Fire? Very. Um, I'm,
2: I'm going to assume most of, if not all of your listeners are unfamiliar with MLS and, and sort of the players they're in. Um, but, uh, so towards the beginning of the 2022 20, uh, season, he was actually not the starting striker for the team that went to a Polish gentleman by the name of, uh, Casper Shabilko, who they got from Philadelphia in an interleague transfer. And he's always been a reliable um, striker in the league. So um, Duran didn't play half the year, but as the year sort of moved on and and Duran started maturing more and, you know, sort of got into the side, um, he, he took the number one striker position by a, by a not small margin. He was, By far, at the end of the year, the team's number one choice to play up top. He, as you you mentioned, eight goals with eight expected goals. But also, those eight goals came in under 1,400 minutes, which is is good no matter how you look at it, right? Uh, He started only 14 games, so he had um, more than a goal every other game. Uh, on rate and and he does a lot of other things well that i'm sure we'll get into over over the the course of the the show but yeah he is a massive loss in in that sense in another sense it opens up an international roster spot for the club because you know you can only have so many international players and obviously there's ways around this with permanent residency and stuff like that but you're generally speaking allowed i believe it's eight international uh players on your senior roster so this opens up an international spot for what we call a designated player which is a um uh, i i guess you would call it a marquee signing although sometimes they're they're depending on how they're scouted or whatever. And sometimes it's not, you know, this, that, and the other. I'm not going to get into the, <laughs> <laughs> the nuances of the MLS salary structure because, boy, we'd be here for an hour and a half if I had to do that. But, but suffice it to say short answer. He was getting set to be a very important member of the squad for this season but we also knew when we signed him based on the story of how he was signed and who the fire beat out for his for his signature in 2021, that he was not long for their MLS and, and, you know, bigger, more important leagues would come calling at some point. And it turns out that eight goals in 1400 minutes with three assists and the third highest fouled rate in the league is gonna get you a trip to europe in half a year so it's a loss but i think it's it's one that the fan base at least was prepared for um and we can hope the front office was as well
1: absolutely and and like you kind of mentioned there briefly too i mean it's one heck of a fee and um Really, any club in the MLS would be foolish not to take something like that. Let's be realistic. It's it's fantastic money. Um, the one thing kind of focusing on the player himself now, when you're looking at his attributes, and I know you kind of briefly mentioned uh, we'll dive into that, so we might as well dive into it now. What would you say his greatest strengths are as a player? Um, So
2: I I don't want to downplay his athleticism because he's very athletic. But that's also sort of a um, dangerous trope to fall into when talking about a black player. So I'm going to say the thing that stuck out for me mostly was his intelligence. And from that, his instinctive knowledge about where he has to be on the pitch. He seems to always be in the right spot at the right time and I know Obviously I watch a lot Of Premier League football a large Part of success especially when you Get into like mid Table versus mid table teams where There really isn't much in it Talent wise is a lot of it is Timing and his Timing is very good um, He knows How to score goals that's the thing you can't Teach he kn- he's he got a nose for it as They say uh, But he will, you know, even when not scoring goals, uh, you know, finding the space in between the lines to create chances for others. Like I said, he, he, he had three assists, but he could have had a lot more. The fires finishing was not great last season. Um, He, he can, you know, find those spots. His timing on when to make runs in behind is very good. He's one of those players that will run offside the first couple of times trying to figure out his timing. And then as the game progresses, he'll start making those runs with better timing. And as long as the passing is correct um, on his timing, there will be breakaway opportunities with him because once he, once he makes that run, like the athletic part, he's quick, he's decisive and he will put the ball in the back of the net maybe one once he gets used to the pacing of the league right so i'm not expecting him to come in and you know give villa a massive shot in the arm right away it's gonna take him maybe uh a half year so maybe next season you'll start to see some breakout performances from him um but like he's going to need to get used to the league like Remember, he's still only 19, right? The Fire signed this kid in 2001 at 17 and was only eligible to play overseas from Colombia starting this past season. This is not a plug-and-play solution for Villa's needs.
1: Absolutely, and it is important to emphasize that as well because realistically especially in uh, today's transfer market especially European wise um, I mean I consider it broken based on the fees you can pay 30 million for a bench player these days Um, Villa have basically done that before uh, too many times I'll be honest but when you look at someone with a lower fee do you think someone like him in particular that of course there's expectations for such a young player he's obviously still a teenager. He doesn't turn 20. I believe it was it uh, it is until I think next December. Um, all in all, of course, expectation, like I said, Unai Emery even apparently came out and said he was looking at him while he was still at Villarreal as well. Do you think there's kind of almost a danger with expectations in a young player, especially when they're coming from the MLS in particular, and then you can throw the South American expectations and the weight of kind of how they are with their players when they're abroad as well as, is, is there a little bit of danger with that too? You look at someone, I know we were talking pre-recording um, Miguel Emelon for Newcastle United, of course, who has taken a while. Of course, I will say he was managed by Steve Bruce and as a Ville fan, I feel like I am um, able to say that anyone managed by Steve Bruce Um, we'll probably take a while to process a lot of things because based on what what was said in the press, his training sessions were basically massive kickabouts. Um, but do you think there is that slight danger there in terms of expectations with him?
2: I think the only thing I would say is a lot of that probably comes from the anti-American bias that exists, which, you know, as a, as a, I don't want to say evangelist of MLS, because obviously, um i have my criticisms of the league and how they do business but um as someone who's been an american and around the game for 20 plus years there is definitely a stigma that comes with it and you see it you know with you saw it with Jesse Marsh when he first got the leads, and then mm-hmm. you know Bob Bradley, who would never really got a shot. I don't even think he got a transfer window to come I in. Think and, so? And, and, you know to come in and and you know right the ship when when he had his cup of coffee in England. But I, I, I there is an anti-American, anti-MLS stigma in the world, and that's just a fact. I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I. Like I said, I've been around for 20 years. I'm done fighting that. It's just something that is. So in that respect, yes. So what I will say is that to Villa fans, pretend he's a young Academy product because that's basically what he is. He has three seasons in the Colombian First Division and one season in MLS, right? And we can talk about um league quality and where I think MLS is is the league, which is above sort of like that above the championship bottom half of the Premier League table is where I'd say most of the MLS clubs lie. Um, and I will say that treat him as a prospect, not as a finished player, because that's what he is. Mm-hmm. Um don't burden him with the fact that, oh, he played in America. I, you know, uh, I don't know. Pretend like you got him from like a mid-table Swiss
1: team. <laughs> That's actually a good comparison. <laughs> There's very low expectations when you see Swedish players or um, I, I can vouch for that, of course. Robin Olsen is Ville's backup goalkeeper and albeit he somehow won a Swedish goalkeeper in the year of the year and he is absolutely brutal. Uh, there wasn't much expectation there, but regardless I can see where you're coming from there.
2: <laughs> yeah, just don't like like have expectations of him that he is because he is a wonder kid. You know, before the fire got him, he was like number 60 in like top 500 prospects, right? You mentioned Emory at Villarreal wanted to sign him in 2020. Real the, you know the 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 fire beat out a basically a who's who of champions league teams to get him yeah originally united uh of the manchester persuasion uh real madrid was for him uh villarreal unai Emery mentioned uh chelsea one chelsea was taking a look at him liverpool was taking a look at him these are the teams the fire beat out originally to sign him and i think a lot of it was the fact that he was going to play a lot more first team football than come in and play you know u20s in england or spain um but he came and he proved himself that he is a good player now and could potentially be one of the great players uh colombian scouts you know you mentioned uh, off there, I don't think we got to an on air about how he's from the same town as Juan Pablo Angel. Mm-hmm. Colombian scouts were comparing the two favorably. They're different kind of players. I think Duran is much more physical than Angel, at least from what I remember him at Villa and at the New York Red Bulls. Um, he, he is much more physical. He's much more of a nuisance. Opposing teams are going to hate playing against them. Like I said, he has the third most fouls drawn in the league. He gets hit a lot. He rolls around a lot. You know, he he does a lot of the dark arts things that get a lot of teams upset with him. Uh, he got, I believe, two or three red cards. And, and like I said, this is just in half a season, right? Because when he got here uh, at the start of 2022, we had another striker. And frankly, he wasn't mature enough to play. Uh, He has a lot of growing up to do, but he got through it and he started playing in June and then good things happened for the fire when he played. So that's what you're getting. You're getting a really raw but talented player who's got a lot of tools
1: Not necessarily to be harsh, but of course, because he is so young and I mean me looking at myself at 28 and then looking at a 19 year old, I feel like I've definitely failed (laughs) in terms of hope and aspirations of being a professional athlete. (laughs) But uh, regardless of that, when, when you look at his game and we've kind of touched on the positives and what he can bring, of course, what he brought to the fire and what he can bring to Villa um, in the future and grow upon what aspects of his game would you say he still needs to work on most notably more than others? Um. I
2: think for English purposes, the pace of the game, he has a tendency to maybe take one too many touches or rush when he doesn't have to. Um, Like he'll take a shot when he's got space in front of him to take another dribble and get closer, or he'll take the extra dribble and and lose the ball. Um, He's a bit wild defensively. Uh, He likes pressing. He likes being that first contact, but, you know, that means he has some strikers challenges in him where he'll, you know, be late on a tackle and, you know, unnecessary fouls and and the like. Uh, He also isn't great at defending set pieces. He's the guy you want, you know, as the, the release valve on the corner. You don't really want him mixing it up in the box. Um, he's also a bit young mentally and I, I hesitate to call him whiny because a lot of times the things he was upset about, uh, when he was here, uh, were justified because MLS officiating airs toward the physical. Uh, so he got beat up a lot. And, and he does have these physical strengths that allow him to get beat up and get back up and keep playing. Um, but he did get beat up in a lot, and he wasn't happy with that. And I know in England, faster game, but also it's a physical game. So he's going to, despite his physical gifts that he has and his strength and his hold-up play, uh, he's going to get fouled a lot, and sometimes that can take him out of the game. I'd say most of his problems are mental which you can coach up as opposed to physical which you cannot so that's another positive for villa is that the things you can easily coach uh he he can do and he is coachable so that's uh, that's another thing too is that he is coachable
1: and i guess one more thing before we wrap this one off because i do want to make this a brief one so it can be a little bit bite sized for people to listen to if I mean, it, it's maybe a lot of expectations for um, me to put on you in terms of forecasting someone's career, especially so young. But of course, given his impressive small record, you'd have to say, in a, in a quick bite-sized time with the Chicago Fire, do you see him as someone that's actually going to succeed? Or is it more of a, I know we've touched on seeing him as a prospect, but Basically, is what I'm saying. Do you think he'll be one that'll, I guess, be writing headlines in the near future?
2: Considering what I know about the status of Villa and everything, I'll put it to you like this. There's about an 80% chance you will sell him for more than you paid for him.
1: That's... I, I would take that. I'll be honest, because I can think of many, many players who came to Villa thinking, "Oh, you know what? We'll uh, we'll buy you for five odd million and sell you probably for triple, quadruple that, and uh, probably sold them on for nothing." There's a a very poor record uh, prior to our current ownership group of selling players or losing them for nothing. So, yeah. The, the reason I that. say yeah, the
2: reason <laughs> I say eighty percent is because obviously injuries and, and and there's things like that, or or maybe you know he doesn't um take to english life and you've got to move him quickly and 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 stuff like that like there are always those kinds of things absolutely um but yeah and and i I, you mentioned a couple questions back something i wanted to mention is um maybe this will make your um, listenership feel worse (laughs) um but you but you probably overpaid for him a little bit because the market being what it is and, and you've seen, you know, Chelsea spending, you know, a total of 100 million on someone Arsenal was only willing to pay, you know, 70 million for um, the, the markets inflated. So, so what I mean by you overpaid is you overpaid in a normal market in a market like this, it's probably 18 million USD is probably correct um and i i i think the fans at least will enjoy him okay whatever the manager decides to do with him is what the manager decides to do with him villa fans will enjoy him
1: okay well you know what it's it's good to enjoy a player rather than despise them um <laughs> unfortunately there's also been a few of those in the past but we won't have to go over that but
2: uh right side you didn't pay 10 million pounds to Middlesbrough for Stuart downing in 20... 2009 i think it was 2010 so that's something you can hang over liverpool fans forever
1: absolutely i guess there's a silver lining with everything but ruben it's certainly a, been a pleasure chatting with you if uh, villa fans want to go over and uh, learn a little bit more about the mls and the chicago fire in particular uh, where can they find you
2: uh you can find me at ruben tish on twitter r-u-b-n-t-i-s-c-h i don't play it's my name uh the blog is hot time in old town. The podcast is the hot cast. And if you are interested in uh, the club more, uh, I recommend you follow and get in touch with the CF 97 UK Twitter account. Uh, there is a small fan base for the club over in uh, old blighty. So uh, you can, uh, if you're interested in the club and, and, maybe becoming a fan if if Duran works on you say hey this is where he comes from and it with the apple tv deal not being geolocked uh you can uh watch all our games mls has never been more accessible to those overseas so uh check out our league it's fun there's aside from the women's world cup there's no football in the summer so if you're football starved Watch MLS. There are worse leagues. <laughs>
1: oh, trust me, there is. <laughs> we spent several seasons in the championship, and I would say I didn't enjoy that. So I can definitely appreciate that. But of course, Ruben, thank you again. Of course, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at 7500 to Holt. Um, of course, you can email the podcast, holtcast at gmail.com. Check out the website, www.7500 to Holt. We'll leave it there. Seb should be back. I'm hoping Thursday or Friday with a preview prior to Southampton on the weekend, but we'll leave it there. And uh, yeah, don't forget uh, the Villa.